Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 122, The Castle Run. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we're back for another Castle Run, and Chuck is back to join me once again. How's, yep. <laughs> how's, how's it going, buddy? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's nice to nice to have the old the old team back. Not that, you know, yeah. not that Robert's awesome to have a, not awesome to have around or anything, but it, it's good to get back to uh the, the old duo, so... Yeah, sometimes it's good to go back to the basics. Right. <laughs> well, in as you know from these episodes, this is the Kessler one where we pick an old retro issue to cover. We cover them in order, but not necessarily always in order of title, I guess, is the way... I don't know. Basically, if we're covering G.I. Joe Real American Hero, last time we covered issue number 11, this time we're going to cover issue number 12. If we cover a different title, then we just keep following the order of that title. But it's just kind of whatever floats our fancy at that point. So, yeah. But this one, like I said, we are going to cover G.I. Joe Real American Hero number 12. My hope is to cover at least one or two of these G.I. Joe Real American Hero issues until we get up to issue number 21 because that special edition one's supposed to come out. And I want, so I want to cover one or two of these issues per month. Uh, if at all possible, so that we can get caught up when that special edition one comes out. And, yeah, that sounds good. And uh, then we can really go in-depth on that one issue. And um, uh, one we're going to talk about today, though, is uh, actually, like you said, number 12, and that's from June of 1983 through Marvel Comics. Exactly. And uh, the writer was Larry Hama. Uh, yep. The penciler was Mike Vosberg. Uh, inks was John D'Agostino. Uh, letters was Joe Rosen. Colors was Glynis uh, Wine or Vine. Uh, editor was Denny O'Neill, and editor in chief was Jim Shooter. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I did when I was looking up this issue uh, that I didn't notice just reading is the credits. Mike Vosberg is actually spelled wrong. It's spelled G E R G, and it's supposed to be B U R G. B U R G. Yeah. Yeah. So bad job, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess uh, Denny O'Neill missed that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but also to let you guys know, uh, Chuck has the actual issue in front of him, and I am going off the hardcover uh, collection, collected edition. So, so Ryan actually read the trade, which has the same story as the issue, but with the issue you get the ads 
uh, advertisements back in 1983. So when we discuss the story at the end of that, I'll chant you with some uh, tales of some uh, wares that were being sold in 1983. Some of the cool ads that were in, well, hopefully, maybe cool ads. We don't know. Well, yeah, they're they're really cool. They're really cool. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so let's just go ahead and jump right into the story here. Uh, I'm going to do a very short summary on each page, and Chuck, feel free to jump in with anything that you thought was cool, ridiculous, fun, whatever. So, uh, Will do. So it takes place in San Francisco uh, at 1,500 hours, and what we have is we have Scarlet, uh, Clutch, and Breaker are chasing down some uh, Cobra Grunts that are in a van that says Naja Hana Video Core. And we find out later that Naja Hana means like King Snake, I believe, in, in Hindi. Yeah, King uh, Cobra or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So they uh, have some MX missile guidance chips is what the Joes believe that they have. So that's why they're chasing them down. Yeah, one uh, of the uh, – should be pointed out, though, one of the Cobra troopers is uh, – actually has a name. His name is Scarface. Yeah, and uh, we'll find out very soon why. <laughs> Right. Big cliffhanger on that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay tuned. So uh, the thing I really liked on the next page there is we have Breaker is like in the pr- kind of a prone position and he's, and he's shooting, but he's still blowing his bubble gum. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. Uh, they're, you know, just streaking down, going down the street, and there's this guy with a mohawk uh, who only could be wearing this outfit in the 80s. got the green polka dotted tie, pink shirt, uh, yellow socks with blue flip flops. <laughs> it looks like sandals. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he's in this red, I don't know, maybe Camaro type car. And, yeah. uh, the, the van comes and just smashes the, his car right in half. Yeah. Well, at the top of it, you got a uh, breaker there and he's telling them, you know, nice shoot. And you let him get away. And he's supposed to, that's the warning shot. You shot the driver. He's yeah. telling Scarlett, he goes, nice warning shot. You actually shot the driver. Yeah, he's so like, a little bit more like, she's like it was a warning shot. He's like, were you aiming for his head? <laughs> yeah, because you shot him. <laughs> right. They just gloss right over that. I love it. Well, and the thing I really liked about that, and we, uh, I think Robert and I mentioned it last time, is this is definitely the distinction between the comic and the cartoon. There was no shooting someone in the head in the cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, these are they're shooting they're shooting guns here, not lasers. Well, they did shoot bazooka in the head in the cartoon, but he's he's okay. He doesn't he can take it in the head. So nice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so th- this guy gets his car totally shredded. Which let I mean, let's face it, it's a little over the top considering it like splits the car right in half, and it's like chopped little pieces by the time they pass them by. But still fun. They start heading down Ghirardelli, uh, towards Ghirardelli Square. Say that three times fast. Yeah, easy for you to say, right? Right. <laughs> well, it's like and, the chocolate Ghirardelli chocolates from San Francisco. Yes, which are awesome. Oh, they're uh, great. They're great. Yeah. And we have uh, Fred and Eunice. Uh, Eunice, two, yeah. Two old, uh, this old couple that's in there, I believe it's in a Pinto or something like that. It looks and, like a Pacer almost. Yeah. Basically, the, they're arguing and bickering like an old couple because the car won't start up and everything else. And Eunice happens to notice that the van is coming up behind them and it's going to crash right into them. And so she gets herself and Fred the hell out of the car. Um, I did like the fact that his name was Fred, especially with the history of Fred in G.I. Joe. Yeah, this this Fred came before that, though. Yeah, true. 
Um, yeah, and then so, you get a big bada boom. Yeah, they smash right into right into the car, um, and then we see a close up view of uh, the Scarface uh, grunt there, and uh, he goes running off, and he's got the briefcase with the chips in it. So they go chasing after him, and uh, Breaker actually starts to catch up to him, but he whips the the briefcase around knocks Breaker into a, a couple bikers who yeah. pummel the crap out of him. Yeah, he's a G.I. Joe, and two bikers are beating the crap out of him. <laughs> so Scarlet stops to help him because one Joe can't take on two bikers. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then Clutch starts going after you know Scarface here, and, yep. and Clutch catches up to him almost, but he ends up getting shot. He gets like skins. Uh, hitting the leg, but just looks like he grazed him, but it knocks out yeah, his gun out of his hand, legs, too. He knocks out his gun, too, yeah, yeah. so... It was a magic bullet, is what it was, yeah. Well, he's a good <laughs> shot, that's what it is. <laughs> and uh, Scarlet, speaking of being a good shot, she has a pistol, she doesn't have her typical crossbow gun. Um, yeah. She has a pistol, and she, uh, she tells the bikers to stop, and they they tell her to buzz off, and she shoots the earring off of one of them. <laughs> Yeah, and then they stay, they leave, yeah. Yeah, they're like, well, I would too. <laughs> well, it looks like what Breaker did was he didn't want to fight civilians, so he just kind of, you know, ducked and covered. Yeah. Was just take ass whooping there. So they go back to the crash site uh, since the, the Cobra guy got away, Scarface got away, and they start noticing, like, a torn-up sign, and they find some chips that are actually a bunch of video game circuits, uh, and they find the place that they were supposed to go to was Rio Lindo, uh, Republic of Sierra Gordo, which, if I remember right, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Sierra Gordo pretty prominent throughout the G.I. Joe series? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So, now we're back in Washington, D.C., and the blossoms are blooming and all that fun stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, we have General uh, uh, Flag. Flag and Hawk are talking with each other, and they're saying they want to send a small unit down to Rio Lindo uh, to check things out and who should they send. And Hawk says, well, we should send Breaker because he's their electronics expert. And then and he, he saw the guy who took the chip, so yeah. he's identification him. Yeah, Hawk really picks the team. He handpicks and hand selects everybody. So he, he picks uh, Stars, Star, Snake Eyes, and, and Gung Ho. Yeah. yeah. Which we have Gung Ho without his hat on again, which is yeah. always weird looking. And he's wearing a shirt. Yeah. It's that's just weird to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so we got uh, the next day. We have uh, uh, Stalker dressed in his pimp daddy whites. <laughs> they should make a figure like that, pimp they daddy should. white Stalker. They should. Because he's wearing one of those uh, what Tommy Bahama leisure suits or whatever. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, they should not make Breaker in his uh, plaid red shorts, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, yellow vacation shirt and plaid shorts. Yeah, don't and make that figure. So they go undercover to the guy, the Naja Hana video recorder, to sell some video games and stuff like that. Snake Eyes and Gung Ho hang back in the jungle and uh, keep a close eye on them. Yeah, and this is the, the thing. Snake Eyes is up in a tree watching them through binoculars, Two things here. One is what the hell is Gung Ho's purpose? Because he's just kind of looking up at Snake Eyes. He's not even helping to watch the Joes that might be in trouble. And he's laying in a hammock. Where did he get yeah, the hammock? He's taking from? a little nap. Well, a good Marine is always prepared. <laughs> I think Gung Ho was brought in because of the uh, yeah, heavy machinery. Because yeah. he's got this grenade launcher. So, yeah. and he's you know he can handle the swamp down there. 
Yeah. He's, he's you know, Creel. The, the hammock just threw me off, that's all. Um, <laughs> so they knock on the door, and who happens to answer the door but Dr. Venom, and Snake Eyes yeah, recognizes him right Dr. Away. Venom. Yeah. yeah. S- Snake Eyes recognizes him right away because he was put through the whole brainwave scanner thing. Yeah, back in issue 10. Yep, and uh, Snake Eyes just starts dart making a beeline for that place because it's like, I know who this guy is. They're in trouble. Yeah. And Gung Ho's like trying to ask him, like, what what's going on? What did you see? And he's like, why, why am I even answer, asking him? You can't answer anything. Right. And um, this, whole crew, this whole crew of Stalker, Breaker, and uh, Snake Eyes, they had an encounter with uh, Dr. Venom back in issue two. Right, yep. So this, this meets probably back to issue two with these guys. Yeah, That's the one I love Joe. They... They pull out, you know, stuff that happens issues and issues and issues ago. Yeah. So very continuity-driven is the Real American Hero series. Yep, and we'll also have another nod to issue number two very soon, so right. uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but Gung Ho bumps into this gringo-looking guy with the sombrero hat, and uh, here it ha- ends up being that Scarface guy, and uh, he runs off. He's able to get away because Snake Eyes kind of pulls Gung Ho because yeah, like, Gung Ho recognizes him. That's the guy who shot Clutch, and he was going to go get him. And Snake Eyes goes, "No, no, no, we got to go in the house." Yeah, because something. You no, know, he's telling him, you know, something bad's going to happen to our buddies without saying it. Right, and I I noticed that if you ever want to send people undercover, Stalker and Breaker are not the two guys to send. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Within like five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like they're in the door and their cover's blown. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, we heard you bought some video games. We don't have video games here. Well, we happen to know you did. Well, either you knew that because you're Cobra or you're G.I. Joe and you're not on the Cobra payroll, so then the Dr. Venom figures it out really quick. And their response was, um, and uh. uh yeah. <laughs> and I do like how they address that because Stalker's like, I thought you'd say something other than uh, and he says, well, I couldn't get, think of anything wittier than your um. <laughs> so Yeah. They start getting some grunts come in. They start shooting at them. They dive behind like a table. And yeah, Doctor Venom calls for the guards, and there's a fire exchange. And then there's supposed to be uh, a heavy gun coming in, but Snake Eyes busts in just as the heavy gun's approaching and takes out those guys. Um, so all the guys are captured, uh, or so. Yeah. It's yeah, it looks like the Joes to capture the guys, but then uh, in walks uh, our friend Quinn. Yeah, and Quinn, and what we see in the first panel before we even see Quinn is all their guns are shot out of their hands. And uh, and Gung Ho's hat shot off also. Um, <laughs> yeah, with his thirty caliber Browning. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a shot right there. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, so then we see Quinn, and he recognizes that the reason, he, or he you know, points out that the reason he didn't shoot Snake Eyes' Uzi out of his hand is because he noticed it, its uh, bolt is already locked back, which indicates that the magazine is already dry. Yeah, he, he already exhausted his ammo. Yeah. So uh, Quinn, of course, recognizes Snake Eyes and everything else. Uh, all the Joes get tied up. Dr. Venom recognizes Snake Eyes and just, like, pistol whips him, like, three times in the face. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Venom gets pissed. <laughs> you, you touch me. You lay your filthy hands on me. Yeah. And uh, Quinn stops him because he's yeah, like... Yeah, because that's enough, yeah. Yeah, because he's like, I wasn't paid to kill people, basically. And he goes, no one's dying on my watch, yeah. Yeah, and then here, uh, Snake Eyes... Uh, well, you front- should point out also, sorry, you should no. point out also that Dr. Venom tells him, he goes, you have a contract with Cobra, you're on our side. He goes, I have a contract with Cobra to deliver these, but once it's done, my contract's over. Yeah. So you can already tell that Quinn doesn't like Dr. Venom already. 
going going back to issue number two with Quinn, because of what happened there, I and what happened with the contract there and everything else, I was kind of already prepared that because of what Quinn said in this issue that there was going to be something that would happen that his contract would be fulfilled and he wouldn't have to listen to Doctor Venom anymore. So it, right. I mean. It's great if you never read issue number two, but if you read issue number two, you can kind of see that this is the way Quinn is. He'll fulfill the contract honorably, but if he feels something wrong is going on, he'll find a way to fulfill the contract and still do the right thing. Yeah, this is a good standalone issue. It stands alone, but if you read the prior issues before, you get a little bit more out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the grunt checks Snake Eyes, and Snake Eyes uh, appears to be dead, so... Uh, Dr. Venom tells them to put them in the warehouse, and uh, they're going to burn it down, basically. Yeah, yeah Snake Eyes is using our old uh, ninja trick of uh, slowing down the heartbeat so it appears to be death. Right, and as they're pulling away in the boat, because they all get in a boat with Gung-Ho, Stalker, and Breaker uh, tied up in, with rope and everything else, uh, as they're going away, they, they launch some fire into the warehouse, and then it kind of reminds Dr. Venom of old Asian temples, and then that makes him realize that Snake Eyes is trained as a ninja, which yeah. means that he can stop his heart rate, which means that Control he can appear breathing, dead. Yeah. So he figures it out as they're shoving off that he's alive. Yeah. Because that's okay, the fire will get him. Yep. And so then Snake Eyes, we see, is, is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing to point out about that was Snake Eyes, he, he wakes up and he kicks the door down and he's running out on fire and he plunges himself into the water. We don't know the deal with Snake Eyes' mask that's revealed later on in issues like 26, 27. Right. But for right now, you think maybe this is how he got disfigured. Well, we do know that he was disfigured before this. But because, even more so. It's mentioned. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely more so. But the yeah, last issue was of, uh, with Doc trying to take his mask off yeah. and stuff like that. It's mentioned, but you think, well, maybe he got really messed up because of this fires on his face. Yeah, he definitely had something wrong with him before because I do remember, I can't remember which issue it was, but there was an earlier issue where he is seen without his mask on and people are kind of horrified by it. Yeah, but this definitely, I mean, his head's on fire (laughs) and uh, he goes and everyone as he's running by is horrified by his face. And And it just stays because I wish I didn't. Yeah. It's a local's. Yeah, so he dives into the water, putting himself out, and uh, then we get back to the the Cobra boat, and we see that uh, Gung Ho notices some rats on the boat, and he tells Breaker to spit out his gum, and he's like, why? And he's like, you know, do it, and then he says, I'm going to rub the gum on on the ropes on my arms and let these mice and rats chew through the rope then. Seems like a really risky proposition for me. (laughs) Yeah, but Gung Ho's a tough guy. He could handle it. Eh, I don't want some rats biting my hands, though. Um, <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> so then we go to uh, Snake Eyes climbs into a boat that's passing by a little motorboat and scares well, the hell. Yeah, yeah. Scares, scares the hell out of the the fisherman uh, or not fisherman, but a like, river demon. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks it's a river demon. He's like he had fruit on the boat and stuff like that. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. 
tune in. Um, so then we get to uh, Cobra Island Bunker, and there's a plane there, and there's the boat there. So they just arrived, and there's a big bunker with, you know, uh, commandos at there. There's a uh, uh, bunker surrounded by uh, barbed wire. Barbed wire, and then Dobermans. there's some Dobermans, which look like demon dogs. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of drawn, kind of wonky. <laughs> at first, and I Those remember even links is like cats. <laughs> yeah, and well, I was even, and I remember when I saw them, I even was like, "Those are demon dogs," and I was like, "Oh, Thundar." So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have Baroness uh, greets them there. Uh, he basic and she basically says, "You know, I'll take you inside. Uh, what should we do with the Joes?" And well, she's mad at him for letting Snake Eyes yeah uh, live. She she like you know tongue lashes Doctor Venom for letting Snake Eyes live. Yeah. And uh, Quinn says, well, we'll just leave these Joes with uh, the commandos here. And, yeah, to watch. Yeah. Yep. And just during that time period, we have uh, Snake Eyes swims up onto the dock and takes out one of the commandos that was on the dock. Yeah, and, by the edge, pulls him underwater. Yep. And that was kind of a cool sh- shot, cool panel, I thought, where you see him swimming yeah. up under the water. Right. Um, and then you have Gung Ho finally snaps through the, the ropes and just clonks the two heads together of the other two commandos because they weren't expecting him. Yeah, uh, they were, he was tied up, yeah. Yeah. And then they uh, they free the rest of them, uh, Breaker and all that. And they're about to go help Snake Eyes, but Snake Eyes pushes them back into the boat and tells them, no, you know, or doesn't tell them, he points. <laughs> points and says, you know, you guys need to get going. To, and they figured out, yeah, the mission comes first. Yeah. They're like, well, we need to get somebody in there and neutralize you know, the situation back there. And Breaker says, well, it looks like Snake Eyes volunteered himself for the job. Yeah, as he often does. Sure. And, uh, and this is, again, a difference between the comics and the cartoon is – in the comics, Snake Eyes is a badass. <laughs> oh, yeah. And where in the, the cartoon, cartoon they, didn't didn't, really, they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, they really didn't know because he didn't talk. So they were he like, doesn't well, say anything. Yeah, which is a poor excuse for not using him well. So. Yeah. Um, so inside we see that Dr. Venom has this uh, mutated uh, serum. <laughs> and we don't really know what it does yet, right? I mean, no. they don't really explain what it does. We just know it can't interact with some <laughs> other stuff. Yeah, he's got uh, two vials in there, and it's the only one there, and he kind of, like, lets the information out. Yeah, and there's, like, a virus and everything else. We don't really know what the virus does or anything like that, but you can't let the serum and the virus touch each other. Um, so Quinn's going to – and the, the, the courier, Scarface, is going to be the courier for this because yep. they're locking him up to the case. Yep. And then Quinn's and, in the room, and he hears Snake Eyes. Yep, the Dobermans were taken out, and Snake Eyes is right at the door, and Quinn spins around with his – his huge ass gun and shoots right through the eye slot. Yeah. <laughs> and then kicks it open. Yeah. Kicks it open and no one's there. Um, the Baroness notices that the Joes are getting away with the boat, which has the microchips on it. And yeah, but they just hop in the seaplane and they're going to spin around and shoot the boat down. Yep. So the Scarface and the Baroness both get on the plane. They go flying after them. And all the Joes have is like some AK 47s. They, yeah, they some really guns, can't yeah. do much. Yeah. Um, and they're shooting up at the plane, but the plane drops this bomb yeah, down the on them. Missile right down the air, blows yeah. up the blows up the boat. But you can see in a panel beforehand, they all three jumped us. They all dive out. Yep. And uh, we have Doctor Venom is sneaking up behind Quinn, 
but with a pistol in his hand, but uh, Snake Eyes jumps from above. He was evidently on top of the bunker. Yeah. And takes him, uh, takes out doc, uh, Dr. Venom. And when Venom's like yelling at Quinn, like, help me, help me shoot this guy. And he goes, no way, you were coming behind me with a gun. I'm not going to yeah. shoot you. Yeah, a loser. He's able to let this guy just whip your ass. Yeah. I do like the technical names of how Hama threw in the technical names. Um, you know, he mentioned as a cocked Luger and stuff like that. So he does mention the, the weapons. Yeah. And I think the Browning. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I think I liked better in these early issues that I think he's gotten back to in the, the more current stuff is he doesn't feel the need to explain what everything is. He just yeah. gives it the name that it has and that's it. Where if you remember in the more recent issues, when they first started doing the recent issues, there was like little narrator boxes for almost everything to explain what everything was. It was driving me crazy. I'm like, just give it the name. I'll figure out what it is. <laughs> yeah. And then the next panel, you see Scarface and the Baroness tell them, you know, hey, we have the serum, we have the virus. Uh, Quinn and Dr. Venom are both expendable. Yeah. Let's just get out of here. And that, we, hey, let's, we can just blow up, we can drop a uh, bomb on the island. Uh, so the Joes that are floating in the uh, in the river notice this. And yeah, the plane's say, spinning back to bomb the island, yeah. Yep. And uh, Snake Eyes is still bashing the hell out of Dr. Venom. He just looks pissed. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, still don't really see his face. It's kind of in shadow and everything else. And Quinn notices the bomb coming down, and he dives towards Snake Eyes, and then there's this big Toward kaboom. the open door of the bunker. Yeah. So it looks like he's trying to push everybody into the bunker before the... The, the bomb, bomb hits, yeah. Yep. But then and, the three Joes in the water are sitting there going, man, I can't believe it. Snake Eyes is finally gone. Yeah, and they're Gunko's horrified. Kicking. It ends with Gunko going, I'll get the Baroness if it's the last thing I ever do. Yep. And I was shocked that the issue ended right there. Yeah, well, it's a continuation issue, obviously. Right. The next story, 13, picks up from yeah. where it's left off. But I was really, because I got so used to do these self-contained stories... Yeah. Up to this point, I was expecting like some type of conclusion, and I was like, "Holy crap! I gotta go get the next uh, next issue to read it." So, <laughs> all right, now let me just point out a couple things that were with the ads here. Yeah. Now, the question to you is, what was a big thing going on in 1983? Uh, let's see. Um, that we could, the Jedi. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, obviously, but a big thing going on in 1983 was home video games. Mm. Right. So the inside cover has in television there's an ad for in television oh yeah the back cover has a parker brothers game called toot and common okay yeah now the inside back cover has tron oh nice. so three video games on all the covers inside yeah now which we don't really see a lot anymore i mean there is still some video games on in you know ads and everything else but not as yeah. much as back then well and usually they're like in marvel they'll have a marvel game for a marvel comic or something right. yeah we had a Bubble Yum ad. Nice. Yeah. So that, that's an old classic. I love Bubble Yum. Good that gun. doesn't exist anymore, does it? Yeah, you can still buy it. Okay. Hubba Bubba is what I'm thinking of. That doesn't exist anymore. I think you can still buy that, too. It's the specialty stores carry it. Oh, uh, okay, maybe. I think they have it like a five below or something. I just yeah. want to find it at Giant Eagle. I'm not going to find it there. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see another cool classic one. Oh, another gum ad. I was going to point out to you is a uh, Fantastic Four bubble gum. Oh wow! So it's a Marvel comic with Fantastic Four, and Mister Mister Fantastic is uh, strawberry, okay. and uh, Sue is orange. Okay. Human Torch is grape, and the thing is watermelon. That's so interesting like choices. Chick- well, they look like little chiclet gums all on the same yeah. pack. 
So they I would have picked orange like, for the thing. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I guess because it's the orange stripe back behind the character, and if yeah. you put an orange stripe behind Ben Graham, he's just going to be all orange. Orange, yeah. I never even knew about Fantastic Four Bubblegum. Yeah, I didn't either. So that's cool. I did know about Bubblegum though. Yeah. And this always has the the classic thing in the back where you can like a. Uh, Hey kids, if you want to do this and sell this products, and you can sell eighty six items and get a race car track, or nice. you know, sell hundred <laughs> items and get some walkie talkies, or <laughs> sell ten thousand items and get a dirt bike, you know? <laughs> right. We please be our salesman. <laughs> yeah, exactly for our crappy stuff. <laughs> and it always has the other ads in here. Like, uh, hey, if you want to buy some old back issues, come here. You know, if you want to get muscles in seven days, do this. Or do they have the uh, sea monkeys? Oh, no, no, I was looking for that one, no. <laughs> yeah, I love those. Yeah, no sea monkeys. I did have those for a short period of time, so. I never I never ordered anything like that out of a comic book or anything like that. I thought about getting, like, subscriptions, because they tell you you can get subscriptions to Marvel yeah, Comics. I did think about that, yeah. I never did that, though, as a kid. I just, you no. know, randomly here and there. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I never did it, but I always looked at it, like, longingly, like, oh, if there was some way I could do this and have my parents agree to do this. But then I never asked them. And I'm sure it's one of those things, if I had asked my parents, they'd ask, Yeah, because it was, like, 6 or $7, $8, something like that, yeah. a whole year. Yeah. And they just yeah. mail you one. Right. So. Oh, and it just does have on the cover, it has the approved by the Comics Code Authority. Oh, stamp. nice, nice. So that's on the front cover. Well, I will tell you with the... 60 hard- cents. Again, 60 cents for this issue. Nice. Back in June of uh, 1983. Now, I will say the hardcover edition ends with this issue. Oh, okay. So imagine you're reading 12 issues and the hardcover ends with this cliffhanger. (laughs) So a couple things that I found uh, just doing a little bit of trivia research on it. So it's the first appearance of Scarface and it's the first appearance of Sierra Gordo. And uh, this issue is reprinted in G.I. Joe Digest number 5, Tales of G.I. Joe number 12, and G.I. Joe Volume 2 trade paperback. Uh, that was the Marvel and IDW trade paperbacks that came out, along right. with, obviously, the hardcover. The hardcover, uh, yeah. Volume 1 hardcover. So the story begin- this story begins a multi-issue story arc that lasts until issue number 19. Yeah. Yeah, basically, this is the Quinn and Dr. Venom yeah. story. And it says this issue is a, is a game changer. It marks an abrupt switch from self-contained, mostly single-issue stories to a lengthy story arcs with detailed continuity. And he says, but they do say, but by bringing Quinn and Dr. Venom, it could be said that it re- retroactively applies some continuity from previously, obviously. Yeah, um, issue two. Yeah. yeah. And it says the latter storytelling style will that this particular type of storytelling will dominate the book for the rest of its run. Yeah, the rest of it is heavily continuity. Yeah, yeah. which I'm fine with. I mean, sure. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, um, the car was a Pinto that was ex- that uh, blew up, yeah. and it was notorious for being unsafe in rear collisions, which is hilarious because that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it blew up. Yeah, uh, and Wendy O. If you remember, there was a radio thing that was going Wendy on. Wendy O. Williams. Yeah. Uh, she was the lead singer of a punk band called the Plasmatics. Yeah. I don't know that group. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. but I've, I've heard of her, yeah. Okay. Washington, D.C. is famous for the Cherry Blossoms. Cherry Blossoms, spring. yeah. And then the last thing was uh, Breaker refers to, uh, when they were in that boat and they were shooting up with their AK-47s, Breaker refers to Sergeant Granite of Difficult Company. 
And this is a little roundabout reference to Sergeant Rock and Easy Company, which is the DC. That's what I thought characters. they were at Sergeant Rock. Yeah. yeah. So, so nice little little nods there. Overall, I love the issue. I thought it was fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, like I said, there was a couple it's ridiculous classic, parts. Classic but, story with some classic GI Joe characters. Yeah. Like I said, some some ridiculous parts like a car being completely shredded by another car. Not going to happen. The bubblegum uh, rope for the rats to eat and chew yeah. through. Um, but, hey, it's it's fun. It's not meant to be taken totally seriously. Yeah, it's, it's, comics book. it's comic books, so. Yeah, so. There's a little fun, a little give. So, yeah, so I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I did love the fact that it ended on a cliffhanger because it, it was a good cliffhanger because it made so what me if fun you're a kid? to read it. Okay, yeah, what if you're a kid and you got this on the newsstand? And you had to wait a whole nother month for it to come back. But if you didn't go to the store the next month or, you know, oh, thereafter, crazy. yeah, you'll never know how it finishes. Because I was a kid who just picked up issues here and there when I had some spare, you know, nickels. Right. So I would, you know, put my money together. And if I got, a, you know, a couple of comic books, I got them. And obviously I bought G.I. Joe. That was my go-to comic. But, I mean, I bought other comic books, too. Yeah, so I was the kid who bought the one G.I. Joe comic book. Uh, so if I saw a G.I. Joe, I would buy it, but then I would buy other comics too, like a Captain America or a Spider-Man comic. I didn't buy like three G.I. Joe issues in a row if I needed all three of them. Yeah, yeah. But I made sure I got one G.I. Joe comic, but I got a couple other ones if I had enough money. Well, and when I was a kid, especially at, at the age that this issue would have came out, I didn't know that comics came out monthly. I just knew the comics came out. So if I read this issue, I would be saying to my parents, we got to go back to the store. I got to get the next issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As if it would just be there. <laughs> um, the one thing I found really interesting with this story also, and I was wondering if this was going to happen was in issue number 11 is when we first get introduced to Destro. But if you remember, we don't get told what Destro's name is and we don't actually see Destro. Right, And I was very curious when I read issue 12, are they going to finally reveal Destro? No, they don't. No, not at all. He doesn't even appear in the issue. So, I like, you were just talking about the anxiety of, like, reading a cliffhanger like this. Can you imagine reading, as a kid, reading issue 11 and thinking in issue 12 you're going to finally find out who this guy is? And well, yeah, you don't. You, you don't even get hardly any of the big Cobras. You get uh, the Baroness and Scarface and Venom. That's it. Yeah. No Cobra Commander, you know. Yeah, and the Baroness is in there just at the end, right? And not exactly like a <laughs> prominent front and center. No, character. no, the Cobra grunts are you know some heavy guys. Yeah, and they're you're pretty badasses. They shows you how good you know those regular soldiers were. Yeah, they weren't just you know bungling idiots like the cartoon de- depicted them to be. Yeah, and I and I like the art. I thought the art was solid. Uh, Vosper oh, yeah. does does a great job. So um, yeah, I didn't I didn't spot any uh, you know errors as far as that goes or coloring or anything like yeah. that something off you know yeah everything was good yeah it was a good it was a good issue so i like the cover too you see that's when the the, the missiles coming in on the yeah. boat the only thing wrong with the cover is snake eyes is jumping ship too yeah well, he wasn't there right but the thing i like about the cover and, and roberts mentioned this when he was doing covers for gi joe is like there's action there's something going on there's almost a story just within the cover itself right even if it doesn't necessarily directly pertain to the story inside, because even issue 11, the last one we covered, what happened in that issue on that cover wasn't exactly right compared to what happened in the issue, but it was somewhat close to it. And uh, same thing with this one. It wasn't exactly right, but it's a cool, you can almost make a story for what's going on in the cover. Um, it reminds me a lot of that issue that Robert did of G.I. Joe where you had a uh, wetsuit with the wounded leg and cover girls protecting him and shipwreck standing shipwreck, on him. Yeah, yeah. 
like that was a pretty cool cover because that was an awesome cover. Yeah, because you could really make a story of what was happening right there. I wish they would go back to doing that with the cool covers because the last issue we had was like G.I. Joe, a real American hero, 203, and you have Zorana smacking Dr. Mindbender with a set of oversized false teeth. Yeah, <laughs> which that was fun. I liked that. Uh, it was it was ridiculous, but it was fun. So. Yeah, but I wish they would go back to something like this, more realistic, you know, yeah. bomb yeah. dropping on a boat. They have to scatter and run for yeah. their life, and you see the tail end of the plane as it's flying over. Yeah, it was, it was a very cool cover, very, and it was a cool issue. So I, I'm looking forward to to the next one. So, um, so all right, so let's uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, did pretty good job on time there, <laughs> and uh, it's, they're always going to be a little bit longer than a, a half hour when you're dealing yeah. with uh, two people instead of just one. So, and sure, and, and it's always good to to get our thoughts out there because that's the idea. It's not just meant to be an episode where we just tell you everything that happens. It's meant to to tell you yeah, guys what we want that what we you can read it. the book yeah right exactly so all right so uh you can find us at starjoes.com you can find us at the forum you can find us on facebook you can like us on facebook just look up starjoes and you'll find us uh you can find us on twitter it's at starjoes podcast you can email us it's starjoes podcast at gmail.com Remember, we have a contest going on for episode 125 it's gonna be an all listener episode so we're gonna have listeners on with us and talk with them and and about whatever and uh we're leaving up to you guys in our contest to name that episode you can name it whatever you want uh email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com with your submission for the name and and for every person that enters whoever title we choose is a winner and then out of the people that are didn't get their title chosen they will go into a raffle for another winner out of that so it's like a supplemental draft yeah so you basically can win just by entering even if you don't have what you think is a really great title there is still a chance for you to win just email us so uh and then uh you can call us it's 440-941-JOES 440-941-J-O-E-S and uh, you can find us on Stitcher Radio. It's uh, You can make Star Joe's one of your favorites. And we're on the GeekCast Radio Network. That's another way to find us. Another really short thing that I wanted to throw out there was there was some weird-ass glitch that happened. <laughs> uh, Again? When I, when, no, when I posted episode 119. And I don't know what happened, but the feed got lost that fed it into iTunes. And it caused all kinds of problems. I had to call iTunes. I had to call Podbean and everything else. I did nothing different than I did any other time, but somehow the feed got lost. It's fixed now, uh, but it seems like not everyone has found us again <laughs> because our numbers aren't as high as they normally are. Um, so if you happen to find this episode and you're listening to us because uh, you downloaded it manually, just unsubscribe and resubscribe, and you should be able to get your iTunes feed back. Again, it should start downloading automatically all over again. It seems like I had to do that, and a couple other people told me that's what they did, and it worked perfectly fine. Yeah, just unsubscribe and resubscribe back. It should fix it itself. Yeah, and it's just two clicks of a button. It's not like it's hard. You just click to unsubscribe, click to subscribe, and you're done. Yeah, and and while you're there on iTunes, leave us a review. We'll appreciate it. Definitely. We have not had a review since uh, March. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's unacceptable unheard of because <laughs> we only have like 44 reviews or something like that and there's like hundreds and thousands of people that listen to us so uh yeah come on you guys are slacking come on chuck's back even he came back 
We brought him back to get your reviews. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, no, with, no, more, no reviews. I walk. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Please don't have Chuck walk. We can't handle that. Uh, it's not. It's not the same show without him. So. Right. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and close by th- saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Night. You two rawhides will love this little training exercise. All you got to do is get from here to there and ring that bell. But watch out for surprises.